kinds of excitement going on there. Scores! Roll the highlight reel. Six to nothing flame. Yankees put it in the wind column. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. This is Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get it going. This hour is underway. It is Thursday, September 7th. 2023. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors. He's Aaron Vickers. True. My name is Pat Steinberg. Also true. Uh, we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, have you noticed, Mr. Vickers... That uh, we've spoken a lot about Elias Lindholm over the last number of weeks and months. Is that has that? Uh, well, I I mean, he is, is that point lost on you? It's it's not lost. Um, his situation certainly hasn't changed. Once it does, whether it's a long term contract, whether it's a tip of the cap and a see a wave and a see you later, that'll probably die down a bit. Until we know, Pat, we don't know. Yeah. As and the I mean, old Dion goes, it, it's it's been. Talking about Lindholm and Hannafin and, and Backlund has been kind of the most, I think, frequent topic of the offseason, dating back to when we heard them talk on Locker Cleanout Day. Their futures have been the center of attention, conversation, speculation, and more. And it's now September 7th. So that's almost five months. From the end of Calgary season and locker cleanout day to where we are right now. April's the fourth month, September's the ninth month. So we're almost five months. I did that full, one in my head, baby. Full disclosure, Pat saw me counting on my fingers and felt the need to do the math. Well, for because me. I wanted to make sure I was right, because I, I am ninety five percent of the time wrong. Promise there'd be no math. No, there's a lot of math. Yeah. And it's always wrong on Flamestock. You know what? You go to Sportsnet today and the big show for math. You come to Flames Talk. I don't know what you do, why you for come to Flames Talk. Talk. I'm not sure I, why you come here. To be I honest, think it's in you. the title. Could be. Um, so, and we're going to, as you said, we're going to continue talking about Lindholm until we know what's going to happen definitively, one way or the other. But one thing that continues to come up whenever the Lindholm discussion is broached is whether or not it's a good idea to sign him to a long-term deal, and whether or not. It's good to put Siri. It's good to put pen to paper on the deal that we've all been talking about for the last number of months and, and the long term deal that would keep him here potentially. And whether or not that's good or not for the flames long term. So we've been telling you for a few months now, and this is still my belief, for a few months we've been telling you that there's a deal on the table, it's an eight year deal. And it's in the eight point seven five nine million range, somewhere in that uh, in that range is what we're talking about for what the Flames have on the table for Lindholm. I know Elliot Friedman has kind of thrown out those numbers over the last couple of days as well, so um, that uh, that makes me happy to hear that you know what we've been saying for a little bit. Elliot's kind of on the same plate. Look, it's going to be an eight year uh, it's going to be an eight year deal. It's going to did I say same plate same page? Um, but it's going to be an eight year deal, and we're going to be talking about. 68 to 72 million dollars as the total over the course of it or 64 to 72 whatever because this becomes a complicated one for Lindholm 
and his circumstance and for the Flames and their current cap circumstance, this is not as simple for me as sign the deal, no questions asked, get the deal done, this has to be done. Like for Johnny Gaudreau, just over a year ago, for me, there is no questions asked. If you could get Johnny to stay, you sign that deal, you sign him to eight times ten and a half all day, every day. Right. There was there was no hesitation for me. With Lindholm, it's a little bit different when talking about signing him. Let's just throw eight times seventy-two. That's nice and round. Eight times nine, rather, at seventy-two. That's nice and round. Sign Lindholm. Eight years, seventy-two million dollars, nine million per. It's not as simple as yes or no. It really isn't. I think it's one of the more nuanced contract conversations we've had about the Flames in a long time. So let's do a little, let's have a little exercise, a little pros and cons conversation. Before we get into those pros and cons, where do you stand right now? Because maybe for either of us, maybe having the discussion and undertaking the exercise, maybe it changes some minds or your mind or my mind. But where are you right now on signing him to that eight-year big money deal? You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't is where I'm at because it's been... It's a great all-time low song. Literally decades since you've had a number one center like Elias Lindholm. At the same time, if you want to reference the Calgary Flames' current salary structure, every player outside of Rasmus Anderson that has a contract beyond this season and next is going to be on the wrong side of 30. So now you're locking up an aging core that hasn't necessarily... You're not. This isn't the Boston Bruins locking up Brad Marchand and Krejci and Bergeron and what have you. This group, albeit they haven't been together all that long, but collectively for the longest time in Calgary, whether it was the old group or whether it was this group, is can you win a Stanley Cup with this group as it stands right now? I'm not sure the, the answer is yes. I don't know for sure that it's no, but I'm not going to sit here and go... Oh, you know what? If they re-sign Elias Lindholm to eight years and you know seventy-eight million dollars, that math is a little off on there, but you get the kind of the gist of it. Does that automatically make them a cup contender? And no. And so I look at the splits in Elias Lindholm's five seasons with the Calgary. Flames. You know, we're 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 gonna like get into this conversation. All I was looking for is a yes or a no. I well, I'm gonna fence it and go maybe. Okay, that's fair. I am, I am yes. When I've gone through the conversation, and don't worry, keep those splits because there will be time for you to use them. I promise you. I'm a yes, but it is not like a ninety ten or a one hundred percent. Not a slam yes. dunk. No, it's not. When I do the exercise in my head, when I go through the benefits and the downfalls, because there are definitely potential downfalls. I still believe the benefits outweigh the downfalls. The good outweighs the bad. And I still lean towards yes on Lindholm. But we haven't really gone through this conversation and engaged the text line and, and gotten, um, you know, kind of opinions and thoughts bouncing back and forth. I don't think it's crazy to think that if you're on the fence right now, you might be one way or the other by the time we're finished this conversation or that I might be on the other side because it, it really is... Um, it's a dilemma, and I think it's a it's a difficult one. So here, let's let's do pros and cons. I'll just I've come up with three pros, three cons. Um, I'm just curious as to what you think about them, and throw on your throw out your own ones or add to them or whatever. We'll start good. This one's really simple. He's the team's number one center, and 
We know how important that position is. Arguably the most important position in the game and a position the Flames have had a lot of difficulty filling over the last two plus decades. So that to me is check mark number one in the pros column for Lindholm. I think there's an easy argument to be made that he's their most important forward, if not their most important player, or reverse those because that's the way the sentence should actually go. But I think he's more valuable to the team as it sits today than any other forward on the team. Yeah, I I don't think that's unfair because of the position that he plays. His Um, ability to play it at both ends of the ice. How he affects the game um, on on both ends. Absolutely, he plays significant roles on both sides of special teams. He's your, you know, one of your top two defensive centers. uh, and, And he takes on the number one center minutes. There's no doubt about it. Whereas Michael Backlund's line, a little bit more matchup oriented sometimes. Lindholm's line is just rolled out like the number one line and should be, has been, and has been, and will continue to be like that going forward. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that there's no doubt what he means to this team right now and will continue to mean for the near future. And that's my second pro. Yes, I know that he turns 29 in December. Read on for the cons because that may come up again. Um, but I know he turns 29 in a few months. But What makes Lindholm successful, in my opinion, is his hockey IQ, the way he thinks it, his strength on the puck, and the fact that he is really difficult to knock off the puck. He is not the largest individual when you're standing beside him outside of hockey gear, but he plays way larger than he is. His center of gravity and and his strength on his skates is high-end, and and that is also a big part of his game. And he's got a really good shot. He's got a great shot. He's an accurate shooter. It's a deceptive shot. And those those are the attributes that make Lindholm who he is, and those aren't attributes that fall off as dramatically as maybe some other traits do, specifically traits like straight-up speed or quickness, you know, sometimes shifty puck handling. Those things can decline, at least the way that I see it, those things can decline with age more so than things like straight-up strength and a shot and your hockey IQ can. And I think so because of that, I'd be less worried about Lindholm's age compared to other players who are in the 28, 29 range right now. Yeah. I won't necessarily disagree with too much of that. I just want to call back the Johnny Gaudreau quote. He sent the defenseman back to the gym. I believe that was John Carlson that he bodied in Washington to score that. I don't know if it was a shorthanded goal or what the situation was. I I think that was an overtime winner uh, that completed his hat trick. Whatever it was, all-time beauty quote from Johnny Gaudreau on that one. So yeah, well, I you don't believe me. You don't believe my recollection. No, I didn't dispute it whatsoever. I just wanted right to call back that quote. Um, you're right. Where I think it's a little less risky a long-term contract with Elias Lindholm based on the attributes that you did list. Well, I mean, I I even think about how I think Lindholm's offense is higher end than Michael Backlund's, but. They kind of profile as very similar players. Neither guy is based on blazing speed. They both think the game at a high level. They both are, you know, they're they're solid, but they're not huge. Like they're they're not hulking, imposing individuals, but they both play a very solid game um, and are both hard to knock off pucks. So I I see I see Lindholm profiling as more high end, but I don't think there's a ton of differences between the way Backlund and Lindholm play it. 
Do you want me to debate this, or do you want to move on to the next you one? Can, and then we if can you want. Uh, the only thing I would say is I don't know if I necessarily want to be paying Michael Backlund nine million dollars. Michael Backlund type nine million dollars when he's thirty. Well, that's why. That's why I said the. But Michael Backlund just had the best career year of his career. Yep. This is that's the point that I'm trying to make is that guys who rely on those attributes tend to be more effective into their mid thirties than the guys who rely on other traits. Well, that's and, my point. So and the guy that, and the guy that is often Elias Lindholm's profiled as is Patrice Bergeron. Where was his falling off? Didn't really happen. And you know, I do think you saw some things fall off, but his ability to read the game at maybe the highest level that any, anybody ever has or one of the highest levels anybody ever has made it so it was tough to notice. Like, yeah, I think physically he was not as fast as he was this past year as he was six years ago, but there wasn't much of a drop off because he thinks it so well and can adjust his game so well. So yeah, I think that's a, a good comparison as well. All right. What else we got on the list here? Uh, my last, uh, second last pro, if he signs long-term, that is, means he wants to be here and that is a pro period with with the last couple of years and how many players have felt like going elsewhere is better for them as opposed to staying in Calgary and staying with the Flames just the fact that Lindholm would be willing to commit the next 8 years of his career after this year to the Flames and basically finish his career as a member of the Calgary Flames. That's a win in and of itself. Now, at $12 million a year, of course not. But if it's at $9 million a year, I think that's a, I, I think there is a significant value in a player a year away from free agency or a year away-ish away from free agency opting to stay with the Flames, knowing the way things have gone the last couple of years. That, to me, is a pro, too. So that'd be a morale-slash-PR win for the organization. I can see it. Again, I don't know if I necessarily want to, and again, we're not having this element of discussion just yet, but I don't know if I want to overpay for that win, if you know what I mean. Yes, I fair, but I think you have to sometimes in this market. I mean, we've seen that historically in the past when Brad Trillian went free agent shopping. There's a bit of a premium to pay to get guys up in Calgary. Well, I think that you paid a premium to get Huberto to sign here for eight years. Um, I, I think you probably did. So I, I just, it's part of what goes along with the conversation, whether we like it or not. Um, and my final pro is that the cap is going to go up substantially here over the next number of years. So, you know, the first year that Lindholm's contract would kick in would be the first year of a substantial cap rise in half a decade or so. Uh, and then from there, it's going to continue going up as opposed to these $1 million kind of not even meeting inflation raises that we've seen. So I think the fact that the cap is going to get back to going up on a much larger basis year over year is, is my final pro in the conversation before we hit the cons. Did I miss anything there when going through the, the benefits or the pros to signing them to a long-term deal? I mean, nothing other than you're solidifying your, your center position for the next better part of a decade which, again, we've seen so much roster turnover in terms of who's playing down the middle for the Calgary Flames over the course of the Joe Neuendijk era to the Elias Lindholm era. Having that stability, having a true number one franchise, not necessarily a franchise-defining center, but a true number one center for the Calgary Flames, something they've lacked for literally 25-ish years. No disrespect to the the likes of Craig Conroy, Damon, Damon Lanko, Lanko yeah. 
Sean Monahan, so on and so forth, you're you're basically having almost an entire career sans the first four years in Carolina of having a number one center. Uh, okay, here are my here are the cons. Here's the other uh, the other side of the conversation, which uh, I think there's some significant ones that we need to discuss as well. I mentioned, yeah, he turns 29 in December. And you feel like maybe there's a chance that he ages more gracefully into his mid and late thirties than other players or some other players, but you will be paying a player until he's 37, well into his 37, uh, 37 year age, uh, 37 year season or whatever. That's not always ideal. And I would combine it with the other, one of the other cons. And that is the flames already have three other players straddling 30 on long-term deals before potentially signing Lindholm. Huberto just turned 30. He's got eight years left. Weger turns 30 in January. He's got eight years left. Kadri turns 33 in a month, and he's got six years left. So you already have those contracts, and now you'd be signing a 29-year-old in Elias Lindholm to an eight-year deal on a deal that would see him uh, be 37 when it comes to an end. There, there's no doubt about it. That there is a significant amount of risk in doing that and having that many players in that age range on contracts that long. And I think you have to put that in the con category. Do you think you're pot committed at that point? If like, what's one more if you've got those three already? Sort of situation where, of the four that we mentioned, I think we both have already agreed that Elias Lindholm is the most important of those four. So does it make sense not to sign Elias Lindholm just because you've got the other three? I don't think it necessarily does at the same time. But a team's cap situation does, in a cap world, it plays into decisions that you make. But then if you go back to one of your pros where the cap is substantially going up next summer and the summers that follow, See, this does, is why, eight, does this 8. is why it's such a damn nuanced conversation. That's why I'm kind of like, if you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You can't afford not to have a number one center after it took you so long to find one. But now you're tying up eight years and $70 million-ish, whatever it happens to be on an AAV basis, into another guy that's going to be commanding eight and a half plus into his mid to late 30s. There's no win-win on this one. Like you're not, it's it's not going to be just a full-on green check mark. It it is going, so if they sign it, it's going to have some definite potential drawbacks, significant maybe potential drawbacks. And if you don't sign it, it's, and you make the trade. It's you're gonna put you're gonna put yourself in potentially a tough spot. It's it's a difficult spot to be in. And and I think that for me, this would be a whole lot easier to rubber stamp if I were sitting in Craig Conroy's chair. It would be a whole lot easier to rubber stamp if I didn't have Kadri Huberdo and Uyghur. Uyghur less so, but specifically Huberdo and Kadri because of the forwards. If they weren't signed, this one would be a whole lot easier to rubber stamp. But the fact that those two also are signed and Conroy didn't sign those deals, but they're on the books makes it a little bit more difficult. But I do think your point is right. You have to, you have to, if you can separate that, it's not easy to do. It's almost impossible to do, but make your decision on Lindholm independent of that as difficult as it would be. I mean, I would have a lot less hesitation or trepidation to giving Elias Lindholm eight years at X number of dollars without having those other substantial contracts on the books, but that's not the case, so you can't play in that uh, hypothetical. The thing that I keep coming back to as well is, who is Elias Lindholm? Like, undisputed, the best two-way player on the team. Undisputed, your number one center. 
But when you sign him to eight years and north of eight and a half, who is he? And that's my last con. Elias Lindholm's career high is 82, and he turns 29 in a few months. He's gotten to 78 once. He's gotten to 82 once. And he's getting into that range where statistically, I think you have guys who level out, but you don't you don't see a lot of Mark Giordano's and Michael Backlund's. Those are two local examples, but you don't see a lot of guys who get better as they move into their late 20s and early 30s. Usually, if they're really good players, you see them flatline into what they are, and that's fine. It's like, you're a good player, so you're a good player. But you don't continue to see that, you know, that, that line graph trend upwards. And so what is Elias Lindholm? And that's my last con. Is he a guy who is a point-per-game player? Or is he a guy that in a good year and, and kind of what you'd be expecting when you sign the deal is a 70 to 80 point player, which is where I think you're probably talking about with Lindholm. Because his, low, his lows over the last few years have been in the 65 range and the highs have been 78, 82. So I think 70 to 80 is probably where he is and what you'd be kind of expecting on um, a rolling annual total for him. So are you okay knowing the defensive things he does as well? Are you okay committing $9 million a year on your cap? And again, we're just using that as a ballpark. Are you okay doing that for a guy like Lindholm? So he's played 369 games with the Calgary Flames. He has 139 goals, 186 assists for 325 points. Over an 82-game schedule, that extrapolates out to 31 goals, 41 assists, 72 points. So... There I mean, you go. Do you seventy to eighty points? Do you give him eight years at nine per for that kind of production? And, and I don't know if he's necessarily like is has he driven a line? Has he shown to be the best player on his line when the, he's on an elite line? I'm not certain he has. And so when you remove Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, he goes from 42 goals down to 22. He goes from 82 points down to 64. So is the new norm 20 goals, 60 points? Still giving you top 10 Selkie performance. Is that enough to justify eight years and $72 million? I don't know if it is. Yeah. And again, who knows if he comes in below that? I certainly don't know how much I'd entertain a number north of that. But that's the thing that I struggle with. And that's why I'm damned if you do, damned if you don't, because... Is he the guy that's going to get you 80 points or is he the guy that's going to get you 65? And I think it's in between. I honestly think where you just gave the rolling total of like 72, kind of where 75 points I think is what you're looking at for Lindholm. Last point before we roll. Ryan O'Reilly is the guy that I see him most similar to. Ryan O'Reilly, not his most recent contract, which he signed this summer. I mean the deal that he signed back in 2016. Actually, it was 2015 when he signed it. Ryan O'Reilly signed a seven-year deal at $52.5 million, seven and a half per, again, signed in 2015. So we're talking about an eight-year difference. So now you got to take into account. What was the cap back then? Exactly. you got to take into account that the cap hasn't risen as much as it could have with COVID, but it is still significantly higher. It was 10.5% of the cap is what it was, the Ryan O'Reilly contract. Right. And so when he signed that deal, 
with the Buffalo Sabres at the time. It was July of 2015. So he was coming off a uh, year in Colorado where he had 55 points and his career best was 64 points. But again, O'Reilly's more than just the offense. Production, it's yeah. what he does in the two-way game and Lindholm, very similar. And so seven and a half to like eight, seven, five, nine now with what Lindholm does in the two-way game, I think is somewhat comparable, quite comparable even. So as we've done the pros and the cons, where do we stand now? I'm still on, I, I, and I did, I was, I'm not being stubborn on this one. Even as we go through the pros and cons as at length as we just did, I'm still a yes. I'm like a 60-40 yes that I still think signing Lindholm, knowing there will be drawbacks or potential drawbacks, signing Lindholm is still the better, better case scenario of the two. So if the cap rises 4 mil, the new upper level would be 87.5. If you sign them at 8.75 mil, that's 10% of the cap, which comes in at half a percent lower than what Ryan O'Reilly commanded back in, back in 2015. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Quite enjoyed that conversation. So are you a yes? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Fair. I'm I mean, also, yes. also, nope, I need I to know it. the opportunity cost. What am I giving up by not trading him? Is somebody coming and knocking my socks off with an offer? I don't know. Let me read a few texts then. Uh, this says, hello, guys. Elias is your best player. It's not close. He's a 70 to 80 point a year player. The market rate for the... Uh, that type of player is $9 million a year. If you don't sign him to that deal, you might as well get rid of everybody and rebuild. And then this from Jay and Silverado. I don't think the other contracts make his a negative. It makes Elias' a requirement. Kadri, Huberto, and Uyghur contracts are still here. If you don't sign Lindholm, which means the Flames are a middling bubble team at best, they can't fully rebuild with the current contracts, so I'm on the sign side of this fence because of the uh, because of the other contracts. If they didn't have Kadri and Huberdo, I probably wouldn't sign them. Interesting point, Jay. Great stuff on the text line. Great, uh, great work by you. That was fun. That was a good conversation. I enjoyed that. Can't wait to get more heated as the season goes on on this conversation. Pat Vicks, this hour of Flames Talk from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. Flames Talk is live on Calgary's Hockey Station. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This hour rolls on on a Thursday with Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. Hopefully your Thursday is going along nicely. Let's say hello. Uh, we just went in-depth into that Elias Lindholm pros-cons conversation about signing him to a long-term deal. We'll uh, get into that and a whole lot more with our next guest. It's good to welcome to Flames Talk on a September Thursday. Uh, Ryan Leslie of Sportsnet. Uh, who will be back on your Sportsnet telecast for the coming season as per usual. Hello, Rye. Patty, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I, uh, well, I've been better. I uh, had a shoulder surgery on uh, last Wednesday, so I'm just uh, I'm just recovering here, slowly but surely. What kind of, I didn't know that. What kind of surgery? Yeah, just a scope. Uh, just kind of getting things cleaned up from an old basketball injury from 20 years ago. So yeah, everything's uh, you know we're just kind of getting through it. Are you in a yeah. sling? Are you in one of those slings that hugs the? Yeah. Oh wow! So you're you're partially immobilized. Well, no, no need to press the panic button, but 
I think we're going to live. And uh, thanks to the support of you and the good listeners. I'm just wondering, are you, can you <laughs> confirm that you'll be ready by the time camp starts? Oh, was that Vixie? Yes, yeah. it is. Well, surprises everywhere. Uh, yes, no, I'm good to go. I will not be uh, doing anything by way of uh, uh, cartwheels or anything along <laughs> those lines. Sorry. Don't have to do the yeah. VO2 max or anything coming in. I think I'm safe when it comes to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. Um, well, I'm glad that you are um, recuperating and on the lam. That is uh, that is good to hear. Um, yeah. Hey, where do you? Uh, we 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 went through a little pros and cons list earlier this hour on signing Elias Lindholm to an eight year contract. I'm I'm curious as to where you where you weigh in on the you know one way or the other. There's definitely drawbacks to le- losing him. But then signing a guy who's about to turn 29 to an eight-year deal, there's drawbacks there. Where uh, where do you fall on the conversation about what's best for Craig Conroy and this Flames team? Yeah, you know, I think it's a that's a fascinating topic that I'm sure you guys have been batting around. And <clears throat> to be honest, uh, it's one that I wouldn't want to be faced with. But um, if I was Craig Conroy, but simply put. I would make that offer because you have to. You don't have the center depth. Um, he's got all kinds of leverage, does uh, Elias Lindholm does. And he's a heck of a two-way hockey player, the most complete player. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's one where I don't know. I would make the eight times eight offer, and then uh, that's it for me. I'm just not sure I could, that I could go much more than that and feel right about it. Which then, which then, if if that's not going to get it done for the Lindholm camp, it then yeah. raises the question: Okay, so then when the heck do you make that move? It hasn't been done yet. We're you know a week away from the golf tournament, less than a week away from the golf tournament. Training camp is literally upon us here. Um, so when do you make that trade? It all like we thought a lot of this stuff was going to get done during the off season, but Craig's going to have some. He's going to have some in season decisions on his plate here. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know how that gets done or what the other options are or uh, what have you, but it is such that it's one where I, I, I don't know how this thing gets done. I don't know what the value is. I don't know what any kind of return looks like. Um, and it's been quiet, too quiet. So yeah. I uh, I don't know the timing of this, Patty, uh, Aaron. I, I this is one where I think it's been pretty quiet from the Lindholm camp. It's been uh, very quiet from the Lindholm camp. It's been uh, an offer has been been certainly uh, tendered there by Craig and uh, Flames management, but it's one that uh, seems to be in a holding pattern. So, uh, you know, this is a good hockey player. It's a good two-way player. A lot of teams would like it, but where are the call? Where are the offers? Where, where is everybody on this? Um, you know, as it sits, they're going to have a lot of talent coming into camp. We all know about the pending free agency for some of these guys, but where it sits right now, they've got a lot of talent coming into the fall, mm-hmm. and and the conversation, the headache, and the uncertainty for Craig just hasn't gone away. It's still very much there, and Elias Lindholm's the biggest fish, but he's not the only one. Well, and and as it stands right now, guys, I mean, they'll go into the season with a good chunk of these guys unsigned, and thus their long-term yeah. futures very up in the air. How, how much how much of a distraction could this end up being once we get to camp in a few weeks? Does this have the potential to be a bit of a runaway train? We we went through it with Johnny, and that was one guy. 
This is four or five important guys that we're talking about. Yeah, and it's not easy, as Craig's found out. You know, like the chair that True Living occupied and having everybody weigh in on the topics of what should be done and, and you know, the idea of seeing certain guys walk for nothing, uh, that's a very real possibility. And uh, and he's got a lot of these. And, you know, between Lindholm, Backlund, um, Hannafin, those are the big three that jump out for us. Um You've got some, you've got question marks, you've got talent, but you're not getting a lot of uh, phone calls where you're not overwhelmed by the offers. I can tell you, uh, Craig has not been overwhelmed yep. by the offers that, uh, and the conversations that he's having with other GMs. Now things will pick up. Let's not, you know, put our head in the sand and say, this is the only time it's going to get done because it's not, there's injuries, there's teams that falter. There are teams that start hot. I mean, this first couple of months, as again, I'm sure you've talked about, is absolutely must-see TV and radio for the Calgary Flames because if they get off to a great start and they get into American Thanksgiving and beyond and they're off to a start that they could very well be on, guys, that is, you know, an impressive run here, well, that makes the decisions even harder, doesn't it? I mean, you're if you're no good by Christmas, you have a pretty good sense of yep. of what you need to do and – and, and, you know, either way, other GMs might have you a little bit uh, because they know you got to make a move, but it, it'll be who wants your pieces bad enough. Right now, there just hasn't been a strong appetite around the league for these players, not to suggest they're not good, but we've seen other players go and get gobbled up before these guys, and uh, it makes you wonder when. I don't think we have any answers at this point today. Do you think that this grows into a bigger distraction the longer the season goes pending the yeah. fact that the Flames actually do have a strong start? Yeah, I think so, uh, Aaron. I, I think so. There's a potential there. Now, I think they'll be these players are great uh, with the media and handling it and sort of saying, I'm going to deal with it now. And much like John, we're not going to talk about it mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Um, but it's still pending, and it's still a conversation. And believe me, it's still a conversation agent and the GM. So we may not be able to ask about right. it going forward. But certainly they are going to be talking about it, wondering about it, and trying to hammer out a solution here. But I will throw this in there, too. I can't help but wonder about leadership group. Um, And I really – I want you guys to keep an eye on a couple of topics. I want – the first one will be the the goaltender, not only about his play in Markstrom, but watch for him becoming, I think, even more of a leader. I think once – if this team gets going to a good start – he will get to guys, Markstrom will, guys like Backlund, guys like Lindholm, guys like Oliver Shillington. You'll notice there's a theme there, a Swedish yep. theme. Swedish but theme, yes. I look for him getting to those players and saying, look, we've got something here. Ride this out. Park that request for now and see where the chips fall. We need to get off to a good start here. And I think he's a vocal guy uh, inside that room. I think he's demanding a lot of himself in this, uh, this season coming up. And it would not surprise me in the slightest if he has those conversations, grabs them by the scruff and says, we need you. We're a good team here. Let's just play this thing out for now and see where it goes from there. I think that's happening. The other thing that I'm going to throw out there, keep an eye as we all have thrown this conversation around many, many times about the captaincy. I'm going to throw in one that maybe you guys have talked about already. I haven't been listening. apologize. But keep an eye on who I think would make an excellent candidate. And, uh, you know, the guy who came over from Florida, number 10, 
keep an eye on that guy. I still think the way he has taken other players under his wing, some of the things he's been doing in the offseason have shown real leadership and have certainly caught the eye of Craig and management. I think he would be an excellent choice, Jonathan Huberto would, because of not only his age, not only his contract and his tenure, not only the fact that he's been very accountable and I think wants to show more of himself to his teammates. As a player, certainly, but as a person, even more so. And you've seen glimpses of it, the way he took Peltier under his wing, you know, the way he's kind of handling himself with some uh, recent draft picks uh, and, and reaching out and, and just showing real leadership and moxie throughout. So that's my uh, late submission, late summer submission for a candidate to be a captain on this team. And, and honestly, I, I think to me it makes a lot of sense. He's going to be around. He wants to be around. He's a proud player who's you know, shown nothing but class uh, to the media, the city, and the organization and players. So there's my, uh, there's my candidate. Well, the, the, it's, uh, we're, we'll, we'll jump around a little bit because I think that's a fascinating yeah. one. It's, it's, it's a name that I've, I've definitely thrown out there to me. Kind of the, the, yeah. the guy who leads the, the charge for me is still Raz. Um, but when I when I've talked about it, it's been Raz, it's been Uyghur, it's been Huberdo, and I remember a conversation you and I had, Rye, uh, a little less than a year ago uh, in the Ed Whalen Media Lounge. It was early on in training camp because they were providing us food, so that means it's <laughs> the first day or two at training yeah. camp. And I remember just talking about the captaincy, and we were just kicking around some names, and you kept on going back to Jonathan saying, you know, there's, and he had yet to play a game, even a preseason game as a member of the Flames. And it was just yeah. the, the, what you said, just the way that he carries himself and the way that he, um, just, just the way that he holds himself. And, and it's something that has stuck with me because I really hadn't had any, any interactions, and it must have struck me that that conversation has come back 15, 20, or 25 times over the last year because it's true. When he was accountable, yeah. that's a great word that you used. Um, and, and even now when I think about who would make a good captain, I know he's coming off a nightmare season, but there's just something about the way that he holds himself that if they were to go in that direction, I don't think they'd be off base at all. No, I, I'm, yeah, I just think so much from that guy. Now, I know everybody wants to see more. Hey, that sounds great, Ryan. Show me. You know, after the biggest uh, drop-off in NHL history, that that's one thing. But show me some points. Show me some, you know, more inspired play. I get all that. Um, and I think we're going to see that. That's not just pie-in-the-sky stuff. This guy's committed. He's proud. He's a professional. He's a veteran. He's done it. And uh, I'm not going to suggest he bounces back to his Florida numbers, but you're not going to see what you saw out of the Jonathan Huberto a second straight season and I just think there's something there, a real maturity there uh, that I think his teammates, you know, we can talk about a lot of guys being um, captaincy worthy, but it's still got to fly inside that room. And those guys have to make the decisions. And, uh, and certainly management has to be on board with it as well. And, uh, you know, I just think he's a guy that really leaps out for me. Ryan Leslie's with us, by the way. Sports, that's Ryan Leslie with us here on Flames Talk this hour. Is uh, We're kind of jumping all over the place with Flames Topics. <laughs> that's my fault. Sorry. I know. I, lo- I love it. I'm all fired up. Hey, you love where you live. Wait. Uh, remember, a decade ago, I wouldn't have been able to handle that. My head would have exploded jumping around. I got <laughs> a decade I know, ago, right I'm sticking to that script. I would have... But now you're more mature now. It's great. You're you know you're you're ready for the wear of the seat. I still laugh at poop jokes, but I'm a little bit more mature. There's no doubt about it. 
not that we're worried about stacking more on Pat Steinberg at this moment, but I do just have a Jonathan Huberto follow-up. Do you worry about putting too much on him, too much pressure with the captaincy as he's looking to refine his game in his second season with the Flames? Aaron, I think the pressure he saw and felt last year was far greater than, than okay. what that... If anything, this might motivate, kick in the pants, add to what he's... I think he's, he might be internally, and I don't want to speak for him, but I wonder if he's internally sort of bucking for those types of uh, responsibilities and putting that on himself. I, I think this guy's going to respond to it. I think it's caught the eye of a lot of people in the organization just how polished he's been with the way he's handled the adversity. To me, it just screams leadership. Are you surprised at this point? We talked a little bit about the pending unrestricted free agents and how quiet it's been. Are you surprised that we haven't seen a Noah Hannafin deal yet? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I think, um, you know, and I, just a quick exchange with him the other day. He, he arrived, I believe, today or tonight. That's a long flight in from Beantown, and uh, he's going to be here, but he is ready to go. Excited to be back here. Hey, he's one of these guys that made his, he's a pro, and you know, he's going to make his intentions known about what happens after uh, this year, but right now he's focused on coming in, winning games, and being a part of something. Get, and it only makes sense, doesn't it, guys? I mean, you want everything to go well, and uh, and then the business side will eventually get taken care of. But yeah, when you saw I don't know Carlson or Dumba or heck even Petrie go to Detroit, yeah, and you're like, okay, well, what, what am I missing here? This guy's got 500 games under his belt. He's 26 years old, fits in seamlessly into any room. He's reliable and durable. He can skate like the wind. So what's going on here? I just Honestly, guys, I, I don't know if Calgary continues to fly under the radar of even other GMs or what have you. I don't think it's a case of over-evaluation. Um, but this is a guy who's been in the league since he was 18 years old and, and gives you everything uh, just about every night. So uh, I got nothing but respect for him. And he has such a great relationship with Craig. He loves this city to pieces. Uh, and I know he's uh, he's a, probably a bit surprised himself that things haven't uh, gone maybe quicker than uh, than they have been but that's just the nature of the beast I, I think they're a significant uh, you know a team is a significant injury away from needing Noah Hannafin and maybe that's all it is maybe there's more to it but I don't see it in terms of a player or a personality or ability thing I think it's just the, the way the market is right now and uh, I am a bit surprised because I thought there'd be more of a demand at this point but then you factor in summer and priorities and you know, actual free agents and uh, and a list of what your needs are. So, I, yeah, I think it's got to just kind of play itself out. But yeah, I don't. I don't anticipate. I think he'll be the first one gone. I don't anticipate him 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 being here by trade deadline. Again, I think this could all change too, guys. If if this team gets off to a hot start, it may expedite it quicker if they can't get off to the good start. So. We gotta we gotta drop the puck. We, well, you gotta get through camp. You gotta drop the puck, and I think you're gonna see some really fascinating um, uh, line combinations. Um, I think you're gonna see some really fast and like like new faces getting real chances early on in camp. I, I, I that's this is I have not cared about a Flames training camp in years <laughs> because you know how it's going to be. You got vets playing on day one with the set lineup, and you just know, okay, well there goes any storyline, and there goes any chance for any new guys' hope of cracking it. And then this year, though, oh, I think there's all kinds of storylines. I think there's all kinds of intriguing 
uh, lineup uh, combinations, and uh, I can't wait to see it. I, I think we're going to be looking at each other in those stands day one going, really? Huh. So stay tuned on that. You mentioned being fired up for training camp. You mentioned talking to Noah Hannafin. In conversation with other players, do you have a sense of what the buzz is around this team this year, and how can that translate on the ice? Well, probably like you guys, the team that we see, this roster, the team that is here that they're going to put on it, I I believe they think, and some of the conversations I've had and some that I've been hearing about are, this is a really good team potentially here. If you think about guys who have to bounce back and need to bounce back, and if they do, look out, like, there's some pretty good darn players on this roster, how long they stay together and how long they can, you know, string together wins. And so far it remains to be seen, but, uh, but as is, it's a good team out there right now. And, and uh, now you just sort of wait to see this, this, uh, I don't know, this saga or this uh, soap opera unfold because uh, we all want to see, you know, okay. Oh, well, this guy's playing with this guy. All right. We'll keep an eye on that. All right. Well, now they're, we're out of camp. Is this going to stick? All right, well, wait a minute. you got Winnipeg at home, and then they go out on the road. What are we looking at there? Um, yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't remember being this intrigued early on um, in some time um, where we don't have the answers. Yep. It's, uh, I, I like, first of all, I like your honesty. I haven't cared. <laughs> like, yeah. He's right, though. Yeah. He, he could true. pencil in a lineup yeah, in August. True. Yeah. It, it just, you've just known what's going on and and uh and now we don't and that's hey we don't i mean we like predictability in certain tv shows or books or walks of life but with this i think it's a nice little lot of spice to kind of wonder and everybody's batting around your listeners are wondering okay and they're weighing in after uh preseason games that they're listening to and they like this or they didn't like that it's not set and it's keeping us on our toes and there's nothing wrong with that uh, before we go, um, we need to, I just need one, uh, Colonel Jessup reference before we go. <laughs> Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. Thank you, sir. We'll see you, we'll see you soon. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's do this. It's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks, Ryan. That's Ryan Leslie. Sports, that's Ryan Leslie. <laughs> a little yup in the, yup. Um, yeah. Couldn't, I couldn't do it without. A Colonel Jessup reference. He has a greater responsibility than you could possibly fathom. If there's one guy that can pull off voices, that's, right. that's the guy. Uh, and like I'm pretty good on a few good men. He is like he's Artie Lang, Godfather. Like Artie Lang can recite every like can go word for word on the Godfather. It's like Ryan, a few good men. It's quite impressive. Thanks to Ryan Leslie of Sportsnet. Uh, he joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Podcast Hotline. 15-time Consumer's Choice Award winner at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. As we start to wrap up this hour, thanks to Aaron Vickers. He's on Twitter at AA Vickers. Uh, thanks to Taylor Dingman and Cam Hughes, our producers. And my name is Pat Steinberg. This hour has been the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors. If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors.